This is your host, Dr. Mesma Shabazz. Good afternoon, everyone, and happy Friday. I'm so excited to be here today, and I can't tell you how much, because I have my very first guest from Ghana, my home country, my motherland, and she is Reverend Rita Kranting, and affectionately called Mama Rita, and I have asked permission to call her Mama Rita, so as I refer to her all throughout the conversation, we'll touch on some very important things about uh, women's leadership and power uh, in Ghana as well. Welcome, Marita. Thank you, Doctor. Thank you so much. It's, It's a privilege to be on your show. I am humbled. Thank you so much. Thank you. What is so exciting is that when I got to Ghana and I said, I, I'm looking for someone to interview and have a conversation, et cetera. And your name was the yeah. first one given to me. So that tells wow. me. Wow. <laughs> I'm blessed. Yes, yes. I'm we blessed. It's really a privilege. Yeah. Blessing indeed. It is. Yes. We, we seem to have Listen. a few things in common. And the first. That's right. That's right. Now, you, you were born in the Achima Buakwa district, and I grew yeah, up exactly. at Tafo, New Tafo. Okay. Okay, Tafo, all right. Okay. Which yes. is in the same district, right? The same district, not far. Uh, actually, I am from Kibi. That is Chibi. Right. That is not far from where you were born. Yeah. Actually, I was I was born in Cape Coast, but then my grandparents had okay. the U.S. stores in the uh, Tafo, right. Tafo, you know, Koforidua, etc. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. Now you, you are yeah. in. That's nice. Thank you. You are in Kumasi now. Yes. I yes, I am in Kumasi. Um, yeah, I came to school there ancient years ago. I was at Mofratru. Oh, oh, okay. All right. Oh, that's nice. It means we have so many things in common. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So many things in common. And you've done radio I, as well. I actually have done a lot of radio. It started with um, internet radio, and then it got to an mainstream radio that is fm station yeah for quite some time for some years like three years before i came down to kumasi yeah have have you stopped completely yes for now even though it's in the pipeline if i get the opportunity i can still do radio i love doing radio but then um, because of um, location, new environment, I need to get myself set up here very well before I can start any other um, project. Okay, that's good. I'm looking forward to seeing how we can connect again on radio as well, right? Yes, on radio. That would be great. That would be great. That would be wonderful. That would be great. Yes. So let me ask you, as... We've been through COVID, and I know in Ghana, it didn't it wasn't as bad as it was in in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah, thank God. <laughs> yeah, we thank God. Yes, we thank God. What is the takeaway? What lessons do you think you can talk to folks about? Actually, yes, I thought I saw an opportunity in that very difficult time. I saw an opportunity, it was, for me, it was an opportunity. Why? Because I started this children's foundation, teaching Mm -hmm. children in my community, plenty of them, 100 plus children will come to my church or my location and I will get volunteers to teach them. It was an opportunity because it was a platform to young people, like from age four, to age 18 to expose them to reading and then the studies. You see, most of them have been in Kumasi all their lives and then they didn't have any opportunity 
people coming outside Kumasi to share experiences and then impart in their lives. They didn't have that opportunity. So for me, it was an opportunity to bring those people to the limelight. And it really has paid off for me and my ministry. So the COVID, even though it was an evil, it was a necessary evil to some of us. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm happy, you know, you found a way to really establish this community, especially for our children, yeah. right? Because they need a lot. Yes. Uh, they need yeah. a lot. They how, need a lot. How do you see Ghana, the Ghanaian children now? Because when I was there, I noticed, you know, there were some that are doing yeah. very well and some not so well, right? And I think that happens in every country on this planet. Yeah. How can we heal some of the... I think Ghanaian children now are more enlightened, not like our time. We didn't have access to internet, you know. Most of us didn't have access to better education, but now Ghanaian children are coming up. They are more intelligent than, than before. They are more exposed. Even a child may not be in a city where they can get best of life, but everywhere has been like a global, a global village as we see it. And the Ghanaian child is picking up on few things that are very advanced. So I would say we are trying, we have evolved. We have evolved. That's nice to hear. That's nice to yeah. hear. Yeah. Yeah. So I was looking at your bio and you work as an entrepreneur as well. Yes. You yes. are in food processing, you have a bakery. You yes. Have, you make cereals and baby foods. Can you give me an idea how you started this? Um... Okay. So I came to Kumase, that is three years ago, and I saw a demand in our community. I saw a very big demand in our community. Things were very cheap here, if I may say. Food and cereals and grains and other things are very, very at the low side. So I said, uh, why don't I seize this opportunity? Even though I want to enrich my life, I can also introduce certain things in this community that will bring a relief, that will bring a, the Kumasi mother, the idea of a, a, a good source of nutrients for the baby, not the old ways that we are used to. So I saw a need in my new community and I started to um, address that need by a little education that has, I've gathered through my background. I did food and nutrition um, in my secondary times. I did food and nutrition. Yes, afterwards, I advanced it a little bit. Yeah, into the diploma um, stage. So I tried using that to help out also, even though I am enriching my life as a woman and also open other women understanding about combination of cereals and other things that good life really exists. So that, that is it. That's wonderful. So how many yeah. people do you have working for you now? Four people for now. Okay. When you talk about food processing, what, what do you mean? Okay. What do you do? It's, it's, yeah, it's mostly cereals, okay. grains and cereals here. Yes, and then I, I'll process it in combination according to their nutrients, nutritional values. And then I'll either bottle it or bag it nice for consumption. Okay, and then so the bakery too. Is, yeah. When you say grains, what do you use now? Okay, since we are in a tropical area, food is like a southern part of Ghana, and then the northern part, part of southern and the northern in combination. When you are in Kumasi, you have access to a lot of grains from northern region of Ghana, and then the Ashanti regions too, a lot of farming activities go 
in and around, even though Kumasi is a metropolitan um, city, we have a lot of farming activities and all those other things. And then we combine, we just process it through ovens and through special mechanisms. And then we, we just process and make it um, edible. That mm -hmm. is what I do here. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a, a lot, lot of work, work, right? A lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm guessing it's profitable. It's really profitable, depending on the market. It's profitable outside Kumasi. That okay. is Accra. Yes, I make more sales in Accra than Kumasi because um, the Kumasi people are industrious. Yes. They are <laughs> hard working. Yes, they are very hard work. So they can even produce their own, they make their own meals and their own food. Unlike Accra, that is a very busy, a busy mother, a working class mother who needs something fast, yeah, to fix in the home or for the children. So the market, it's really in Accra and other parts of Ghana. Yeah. Okay. That's that's wonderful. I'm very, very pleased about this. I hope on my next trip I'll get uh, a few exactly. your, you'll get a few of them and sample yeah. and sample some of them and show yes, to others that you yeah, are. I will be glad. Yeah. That'd be nice. That'd be nice. So one thing that caught my eye also was mm -hmm. you being in the ministries. You, you yes. are an ordained minister. I am an ordained minister, yes. And yes. What, what denomination? It is a charismatic. I was coming out from ICGC, that is Reverend Pastor Mensah Utabel. That is my background. So here it is a charismatic, even though I have my own registered name for my denomination, it is a charismatic church. And I am the founder and then the head pastor at the moment. Okay. Busy woman you are. <laughs> now, <laughs> by the grace of God. Now, when you say charismatic, I want the audience in on the side of the ocean also understand what that means, right? What do you do okay. differently? Differently. Our way of worship is quite different from the normal orthodox that has a routine like a hymn book or an instruction from a laid down procedure or a pattern over the years. When we say charismatic, it is more a spirit driven kind of service that is ministry. Okay. Our form, way of music, our way of prayer, our way of interpreting the word of God is quite approach, is quite different from the normal ones. So the charismatic is more vibrant, like with more energy, with aggression. Yeah, preaching the word with aggression. And then it is mostly attracted to the youth. Okay. They like um, loud music and then exciting programmings to make the church not like the old way <laughs> of, yes. The old <laughs> British. Quote quote. Exactly. I, I, so, I get the old British. The old British. You know, where we <laughs> exactly. yeah, I get that. I get yes. that. Yes. And I'm excited to learn that it's attracting the youth. Because exactly, more of them. And on this side, I would say that churches are losing membership and patrons across the board yeah. because yes. Yes. they haven't yes. introduced yeah. a level of excitement, I think, to attract the youth, right? Because the old language... It's um, true, yes. Yeah. The yeah. old language, even I sometimes get bored hearing them, right? So mm -hmm. I can imagine, you, see? you know, the next yeah. generation they'll have difficulty dealing with that. Yes. I believe the church has also come to an age or a level that we have to embrace certain things that normally we term it as worldly. We then modify it and spiritualize it so that it will attract all gender and it will attract 
all age. I mean, so that the church wouldn't be boring, as you already said. Right. We revive the music department. That is our strength. We revive the music department. And then the word, man of God, you need to be abreast with time to give word, season word that will benefit the person spiritually, socially, economically, everything. Yeah. I believe that is the age we are in now. And I, I think everything has to be vibrant, right? And people need yes, to make a connection. Exactly. Yeah. Make a connection. Exactly so. exactly so. So this is exciting because as you mm. bring in younger people into spirituality, right? And they find yeah. their own place of practicing and also believe mm, yeah. that is, is, is really very powerful. Now, in New York, yeah. you, you also have women evangelism group. Can you share yes. your thoughts on that? Oh, okay. So it all started from Accra. I, the Lord laid it up on my heart that as women, we need to empower ourselves and Amen bring to ourselves together. Yes. If women empowerment, it's very, very crucial to the development of every community or society. Mm -hmm. So I gathered few women in my community, not only in my church. Actually, I used to have a church in Accra before moving to Kumase, not only in my church, but being available on Facebook and everywhere, bringing them together. And then I, by the grace of God, we got facilitators and now we go out to rural areas. We talk about children's upbringing. We educate them with the word of God, but then to also certain social standards that if they are exposed to education, not an excuse well it, it, we we're having some technical problems in, in the conversation right that's which is fine which is fine i think we can connect again on that topic right as you talk about women right. going out into the communities into the rural areas how have you how is that uh paying off it has really paid off over time I started this project um, some, um, I think six years ago. And I have seen improvement in the lives of a lot of women, a lot of women. I have seen that. So it has really paid off. Some have learned how to make basic things to support livelihood, that you don't really have to 100% depend on a man, you know, on a man, right? Typical, um, yes, a typical Ghanaian mentality that when a man marries you, the man inherits everything about you, right? Uh, including debts and other things, which is so wrong. You are a support, you are a helpmate to right. that man. What are you also bringing to the table? It's also an issue, and it brings a lot of discord, a lot of homes that we need to address, we need to talk about. So we just open their minds that, look, this little, little quarrels and other things is because the burden is only on one, one side. Right. Yes, you are a woman, and you are the stronger ones. In fact, God created women out of bone, according to Genesis chapter one. Right. God created a woman for the man. A man was created out of the dust of the ground, according to our Bible. And then a woman was created when the man fell asleep, a rip was taken out. So basically a woman make out is more stronger because we were made out of bone. So we can do much more things. And then the Bible also talks about blessing both the man and the woman. That is Genesis chapter two. The man and women were blessed equally. Right. Equally. Yeah. So we can also be successful if we try and we have the right tools, which is enlightenment. 
that's that's very very um i want to say very progressive thinking um especially yeah. in our culture where you know women um some women not all uh, believe yeah. that, you know once they get married then everything is controlled by the man right? yeah. that yes. that that mentality has to change and um, it has to change yeah it has to change now mm. you also as we're talking about the challenges that women face in mm. in, Canada, in marriage in relationships yes. in career yeah. etc what are some of the helpful mm. strategies that they can use to make life better okay yeah, I was believe everybody twenty. That is for everybody giving us that gift of twenty four hours, and what you use your twenty four hours to do determines how your life played or is played out. I believe number one tool that we need um used to empower ourselves or to better our marriages and everything is knowledge knowing what is going on around you knowing what to do at every given time how you are using your 24 hours how profitable so to strategize you just conscientize them about acquiring the right knowledge for a particular issue or a problem. As a woman, you need to sit down and analyze things and get what is my husband's temperament, then knowledge every issue. So I believe the number one is about everything. We, somebody watches and all those things. It is the knowledge. You are not empowered. So you interpret empowering as a woman with a vocation. Try to find a vocation. Be industrious. You need to build up on yourself, your self-confidence, and even your spiritual self, yourself as a woman. You need to know yourself and what goes around you and what happens to you at every time. You can read your mood and know that that is going on in my life at this time. And it is attributed to the facts that I am doing this wrong or I am doing this right. So I believe a woman, you need to have knowledge about all these things, be industrious, know yourself very well. And then you can solve every problem by the grace of God. So if I understand correctly, what you're saying is with knowledge and understanding your own moods, etc. Being industrious, yes. you yes. will be yes. able to live a more joyful and, and comfortable life. Life yeah. now, yes. which means that it is never about the other person; it is about you. Get on I believe head. it's about ourselves that we work on ourselves and other person's problem we can do. Perfect. I like that a lot. Now. I have to ask you a very difficult question about your marriage All right. and what challenges okay. you went through. Yeah. What I understand, right. is that okay if I go there? Yes, please. It's good. Okay. I want to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. So your husband or ex-husband, yes. you described him as you got married to a man of God, right? A man of God, yes. So you had an understanding. You had some interests. Yeah. And then 15 or so years later, 16, 16, 16 right? Yes. yes. He decided to divorce. Back off. Yeah. Right. Be because you don't have children together. Yes. Yeah. Even though even though you you are a mother. Yes, even though I'm a mother. Okay. Yes. I mean, I have processed this back and forth and mm. I really have a difficult time with it because I can take it in so many directions, right? But can you yeah. share with me, first of all, how you felt? All right. It wasn't easy at all. Actually, it was unexpected. You see, we sat down and decided on this mission to Kumasi to expand our our territories in ministry. We already have a church in Accra. 
and now it was time. And he is a foreigner. He is a Togolese. Okay. And then, so language was a problem. So I am an Akan, and I can relate very well in a new environment. So we came together, but I have to stay back. I never knew um, our childlessness was a problem to him. Even though we have discussed at length, we have tried everything. And now I realize I was already 44 years at that time. So we have prayed enough. We have done all that we could, even though we didn't try IVF. But the normal orthodox way, going to a gynae and everything, pregnancy was not forthcoming. I wasn't picking up any seed. So we forgot about the country, so it's not going to be a problem. I came to Kumasi and new grounds. We have no family here. We don't know anybody. I just came and started a ministry. And six months into the ministry, the COVID hits. And that was the time there was a lockdown. I couldn't go to Accra and he couldn't come to Kumasi. It was a problem. That is when he realized that living alone is not going to help him. So he went straight to my family. That is my daddy. And my daddy called me that uh, my husband has come there to say he wanted out of the marriage. I said, oh, we have no problem. We've spoken. So why haven't we discussed this? In fact, as I sit here, I don't really understand anything. But he was very persistent on that. And I said, okay, I'll grant you the divorce. He came all the way after the COVID, the, the lockdown, to Kumasi to file from a very close court so that it can be quick. I said, hey, how serious is this matter? I called elders of the church. I called them fathers of the kingdom, most of them to talk to him. And he explained his version and everything. And then I later on realized that it's because um, I'm a woman and I'm taking up a, a, a leadership role. I would say that. It is a power conflict. Okay. And he wasn't happy. Yes, he wasn't happy about that. So he needed a way to silence me or to make me um, go quiet or to abandon the vision here. We have already, I have already invested so much in Kumasi. There was no way I could abandon the children's ministry, abandon the church ministry, the little projects I have started doing and come and stay back in Accra. Accra and Kumasi is not far. No, so it's not. It's not, it's not at all. And then I granted him that divorce. It was very tough for me. There was no support from anywhere. We had other properties back in Accra and he denied me every access to anything. And I couldn't fight back because I'm a woman of God. A lot of young people look up to me. A lot of marriages look up to me. How am I going to explain myself? In fact, I cried my heart out. And one thing about people in leadership, we are extremely lonely when it comes to problems like this. Right. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. We are extremely lonely. You can't share with other people to encourage you or pray with you or stand with you or anybody. So I was all alone by myself. It was really, really tough and for my life. The worst time of it all, by the grace of God, I have picked up the pieces and I am now trying to start life all over again in Kumasi. It means I lost my home in Accra. I lost friends and families in Accra. I lost everything, a comfort that by the grace of God over the years, we have been fruitful in other areas. I lost all those opportunities. And now I am stripped in Kumasi. Where do I turn? Nobody to turn to. It was only God that sustained me. I have one biological daughter 
in the university, and then one adopted son also in the university. So when it happens like that, I have to take care of them myself. How do I manage to pay fees, to pay for rent, to pay for their hostels, to pay for their feeding, their books, and their livelihood? How do I do that as a woman? When there's a problem, that is where you find solutions to enter in food process support aside doing ministry because the ministry. So it wasn't easy, but by the grace of God. Yeah. Well, by grace, here. your experience, and I, as I said, I could take this into so many different directions. But one of the yes. things that strikes me is that when you describe him as a man of God and, yeah. you know, I, ex my expectation of him should yes. be above average of how men behave yes. in marriages normally, because he should yeah. have a better understanding of his relationship yeah. with God and with you as his wife, right? And with me. But yes. yeah. then it goes on to now being a single parent, taking care of the children. Two adults. <laughs> they are adults. Two adults. <laughs> the, the issue that a lot of women face across nations, mm. you know, where men abandon their responsibilities and then they are left with holding the fort. I have been through that same experience. So I can understand the Relates, difficulties yeah. involved in that. Yeah. But with your earlier conversation about strategies that women yeah. should really be knowledgeable and, mm. about, and, and become resourceful in a way resourceful. that upholds yeah. their yeah. own dignity and life. And so it is one thing that I would be honest with you, because he's a man of God, uh, and I don't even know whether that expression fits him anymore, right? Yeah. Because I think God has expectations yes. of how we should behave if we are really following him. Exactly. 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 I actually I believe there may be a reason which I don't know. And the most painful aspect of it all is him seeing me as an enemy that can generate something for my life. I used to have a business in Accra. <laughs> And because of him, I lost that business. I had few properties that I could have sold to start up um, a new business. By the time I realized he has already sold everything out, it means I have to battle it out in courts. I really can't um, have that strength and energy to fight that battle i see as he never did um, he didn't do me any wrong so it's just that he had made his own decision and i think it's all boils down to tribalism well the, the knowing Ghana, right well as you were talking if there's anything i can add to this piece uh, yes is, is yes. to say that even though you think you lost something have you really lost anything, if you think about it? No, I haven't. I haven't. Because Why am I saying I haven't lost every, anything? Right. When I was still married, I never depended on a man for anything. I never depended on him for anything. So as I was always saying, that a woman, you have to be industrious. I was doing this food processing thing. That is shit up and other things, women clothing, and then hardware. In, back in Accra, I was a full-time minister. We had a ministry. I was preaching and invite, I am always being invited to other women programs, but I just have that time also to do businesses that will profit my life. So I never lost anything. Because I was very, I have trained myself to be resourceful. So wherever I found myself, I must survive, you see. That right. is why I'm saying as a woman, marriage does not limit you. 
marriage will come, but you have to also build up yourself as a woman. Yeah. So that is what helped me. Yeah. And I think it's a powerful story in the sense that in spite of the effort to minimize, you know, your your yes. leadership, et cetera, you, you're still yeah. doing it. Yes. 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 I still have congregation. Right. I have young people I am training as men and women of God. I have the gifting of God, a prophetic gifting, a music gifting, and the power of God shows up in my, my ministry. So I am doing all that aside, finding way to finance myself. So we can do with all. We can and and the finances, I think, come in play. As you go along, yes. right? Are abundant through God's providence. Exactly. And so, yes. yes. And I am humbled by the fact that in spite of whatever challenges and obstructions yeah. that were placed for a, a reason that I think it's even more offensive than the fact that you are a mother, but you don't have... It, it, it's, oh, I yeah. am being a Right. And you know, a lot of women in Ghana go through this experience of not bearing children and their husbands walk yes. away from them. And I think it's, yes. it's really, really sad. Oh, it's very know? sad. Very sad. It's really, it is the, one of the most saddest experiences. Uh, tell somebody who is going through similar situation. I believe right. I, I went through that because how can I be a mother biologically and still be a barren woman? It, it doesn't make sense. Doesn't, it doesn't, yes. It doesn't make sense. And I don't even sense. understand also yes. why this, this issue is, or this burden is placed only on the woman. On right? a woman. Mm. It's only the woman that bears the consequences of, yes. of childlessness. Uh, but of not even so, right, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't make sense. And the fact that, you know, we are in 2022 and this issue mm. is still prevailing, it's... Does, it's still prevailing. <laughs> I, it's yeah, it's frustrating to me. It's very frustrating. Yes. But as you said, you know, in empowering women, we have yes. to give them the information that if they found exactly. themselves in similar situations, mm. you know, and it's not like we haven't even had, mm. I mean, there are some women who are able to have children. Yes. And even after the, an experience like this, and there are some who are never able to. But I think motherhood yes. is not about bearing. It's not about, exactly. Exactly. You know, yes. motherhood is about being able to nurture a child. A child, exactly. Right? Whether exactly. biologically or not. No, or not. It's true. I agree with you. And we should begin to expand this conversation and yes. let men understand it as well. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes God gives us children through other means. Other means. Exactly. Right? You can adopt a child. You can, it's the same thing in God's eyes. You know, I have a member in Accra who was also very much in need of the fruit of the womb. This lady has, has gotten married for years. And I think after five years, she gave birth to one baby girl and she needed more. She has tried all means. One morning, there was a child in front, a baby, a fresh baby in front of her kids with a note, please take care of her. That's all. And to date, the child is about six years now. Nobody has come forward. So she just adopted that child, a baby, a week old baby, right. and have trained her till that this time. So God has all means to make you happy, right. to give children. Yes. So yeah. and, and, I I, I, I'm hoping that women would understand that if yes. there isn't a direct biological, there, there are other ways. There are a lot of children yes. on this planet that need a love. A lot of children that, that need needs love. help. Yeah. And they can, they can, look, they can look elsewhere outside and mm. direct them to the right baby. 
and child somewhere else. Yes. Taking care of. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I Thank you. So, so yeah. I want to ask, what's your advice to, since you have a lot of youth in your church, what's your advice mm. we can pass on to the younger generation, especially girls, about learning yes. and coping with the challenges mm. in life? With the challenges in life. I I will say that um, every life at every stage there is a, a challenge ahead of us. So I acquiring skills, it's one of the keys to solve many challenges in life. Skills acquisition. Though you are educated, and now the world that we are in, you don't from paycheck to paycheck. It doesn't work anymore. You have to be innovative. As youth, there are four stages in a man's life to age 20. It's one gets educated and all those things. And from age 20 to age um, 40, it's also your afternoon stage where uh, marriages and getting a career and everything has to play out around that time. And from age 40 to age 60 is your evening time where your strength is not as before, where we are losing strength, where things that used to excite us does not excite us anymore. And then from age 60 to um, the rest of your life is your night time. So every stage you need to know what to do. When you read um, First Chronicles, the Bible talks about some group of men. That is the, the, the children of Issachar. They were wise people. They know times and seasons. They were astronauts. They can read between seasons and times. You are a young person and you have to seize every opportunity for your season. You do not sit down for a season to come and pass you by. It goes and come and goes and come. Even trees, sometimes they have their seasons of fruit bearing, the leaves dying off and growing branches and other things. How much more with human beings? God has blessed us with everything. We need to think beyond the box right. as youth. What stage are you in now that you need to know what to do at every time? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that. And now we have a couple more questions to go. And, and I'm enjoying this conversation very much. And, yeah, and I, I promise you when I come, I will travel to Kumasi. I'll, I'll Yo, travel to Kumasi. I'll welcome you. Because, yeah, I'll come to Kumasi and see you. Yes. So what is your vision for women and children? One of my visions, women, to take care of our health issues. It is number one in my community, or let's say in where I find myself. Those that surround me, how they interpret their health issues is another thing. A woman, you have to understand your anatomy. I will advise every woman to have a checkup and have knowledge about what to take in and what will come out of you. That is number one. When you come to people around me, young people, they are suffering, my hair, my hair, and it doesn't make a woman pro. In my community here, a woman can give birth as many as 15, as many as 10. 10 years old? In, in poverty, I tell you. <laughs> you see, in poverty, because men are demanding for that. So one of that should One be a thing crime. that burdens my heart. Yes, that one thing that burdens my heart. It's a woman you think about yourself. When a lot of children are not the best, a lot of them, like 10, 6, 7, and you still want more. So my advice is to take precautions and the youth to seize time and opportunities 
to develop themselves, to become people, great people in society. Not only Christianity has evolved. Gone are the days that a Christian, you, you think within the box, but here now Christianity has evolved. And now God can use you as a tool to have effect on your children as a woman and youth you have influence. So I'll advise them to seize every opportunity to study, to learn, and to know themselves. Yeah. You and I are going to have a lot of conversations going forward. I can tell you that. We will. Because we will. I mean, we will. This issue of, of men having children with babies and, and it's not a crime, mm. it, it, it's a problem. Right, and we have to figure out a way to educate educate the women yes. and their children about avoiding these kinds of traps yes. in society. You will come to my church and you find a lot of them, a lot of them with no food on the table, nothing, yet they are continually giving birth. It is a problem. It is a problem. It is a problem. May yes. I ask, okay, that, that will take us, in, you know, because I want to ask, what is the government doing about this? I mean, we have a legal system and, you know, government in place. Is it an is this something that they're even discussing on any level? I think it's more of the level of education and standards. Okay. In That's Accra, it wasn't like that. In my hometown in Kibi, you see, growing up, we saw on televisions how to space your children. Growing up, we were educated about birth control issues. But in my community, the Kumasi, the Ashanti region, where I found myself now, there is nothing like that. Because education is actually very low. One of the things on my heart is to open a very nice school here in my community. Education is very poor. So the woman doesn't know it's a problem. She has no idea that giving birth to a lot of children has health implications. She doesn't see any problem. So you are seeing a problem with her. She doesn't see any problem. Her not able, being able to cater for all the kids, she doesn't see that it's because they are too plenty. She yeah. can't cater for them. And the men to run away and leave them, you see. So the government cannot do anything about that when the community itself doesn't see anything wrong with it. Well, so we, we used to grow. I mean, I think in Ghana, there are very strong communities where yes. you know, every part of the community functions well. And as, yeah. as you are describing, there are some that don't work at all. We have to find ways of, and there are a lot of, as you say, Ashantis are very industrious, hardworking people. Very industrious, hardworking, yeah. Right. So there has yeah, to be something that can yeah. be channeled to sure. increase the education, which I think yes. is the issue right now, right? Yes, right. yes. So that is it. we spent an, an hour together and I we have closed that <laughs> conversation. And church. yeah, I, I always ask my guests to share their thoughts on who they think is a woman of power and grace. Who is a woman of power and grace? To you? All right. A woman of, to me, a woman of power and grace. It's a woman that is independent. A woman that has a source of income, a woman that is very confident in whatever she does, a woman who is able to bring out other people, other people, a beneficial woman, bring other people up to expectation, whether biologically or through association. A woman of power and grace is a woman who knows how to carry herself in every situation. A woman who is able to tame her tongue, tame her tongue, knowing what to say at the right time. A woman of grace, a woman who carries authority wherever you go. People see you and you are an influence, an inspiration to other 
people. People look up to you and they want to be like you. You are a woman of grace and power, a woman who speaks wisdom. Out of your mouth comes wisdom and encouragement. You are a woman of grace and power, a woman who has compassion towards her cause. You have compassion towards her cause. You are also a woman of power and grace. And above all, a woman who fears God and prayerful to support every, the nation, your home, your community is a woman of power and grace. Take on that. Wow, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I in closing, that I can add to all the things you said that a woman of power and grace is able to not only be compassionate, be a leader, and also be, be a leader. Yes. Right. And also be full of wisdom and yeah. spiritually grounded, I should say. Yes. That a yes. woman of power and grace, as you indicate, is able to really yeah. stand firm in mm. her own views about who she is. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. also to really impact, be a channel of blessings to others. Blessings to many, yes. So yes. Know, thank you very much for thank you. this conversation. Thank you. And, and thank you. you know, we're gonna have many more actually, you know, as, yes, as, as, I hope so. So I hope so. Thank you, thank you. God bless. God bless you. God bless you for being having me here. Mm -hmm. I am honored. It's a privilege, and I do not take it for granted. God bless you so much. And, and I, I pray I'm that you for the connection. I'm grateful for the connection. Yes. We're going to yes. talk. We're going to talk. We're going to talk. We're going to talk. Yes. Yeah. And to yes. all my listeners, I want to thank you again for chiming in. And so please subscribe and share this information with other women so they may also get the tools they need to empower themselves. Thank you. Yes. God bless. God bless.